0: I've titled the message "Why I'm Not." I mean, uh, why I'm not afraid to live. And I want you to take your Bibles, Galatians chapter six, verses seven through ten, and if you're at home. And you want to continue our tradition of standing while we read God's Word, do that. You know, it's sort of like this. When I watch a sporting event and they play the national anthem, I stop what I'm doing at home. And I stand, put my hand over my heart and sing the national anthem or listen to it. So, same thing with God's Word here today while you're at home or wherever you are tuning in to us today. Verse 7 of Galatians chapter 6. So, the Bible says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. Whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. And whoever sows to to please the Spirit from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Let me read that again, verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good. For at the proper time, God has a time for everything, we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So, I've preached on this passage before, and I've titled this message, Why I'm Not Afraid to Live. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the clarity of your word. Thank you for your people um, lord having a flexible spirit being willing to adjust just not liking this decision at all but but supporting it and understanding why we had to make it and i'm in that same camp but we're thankful that we today have the technology to be able to join together through live stream that we can study your word we can worship together and uh, i pray that you would encourage us not to lose heart not to give up and to be strong and to do good in light of all that we're going through. And I prayed in Christ's name, amen. And you may be seated. So I've kind of done a play on on why I'm not afraid to die, and so titled it, Why I'm Not Afraid to Live. And I see a lot of life in this passage. So I want to give you three things here, three new and fresh ways to look at this passage in being unafraid to live. So why am I unafraid to live? Number one, because what I invest my life in has eternal value what we invest our life in has eternal value um, to people and and it matters and I call this the law of the harvest and you know the bible calls it the law of the harvest and many theologians call this passage the law of the harvest but I I, want to have a unique take on it or, or kind of maybe a different way to look at it because uh, I've always preached this many times in the past saying you know what a man sows that he shall reap and that's what it says here but I want you to notice this there's something we I've missed over the years in preaching through this where he says do not be deceived; God cannot be mocked what a man sows uh, that he will reap whoever sows to please the flesh from the flesh will reap destruction and whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life and I saw something in here this week the value of living and investing our life in what's right so the law of the harvest is basically this it's it's an agricultural concept and so what you plant what you put in the ground when you plant you know when you come to, to grow a garden or or if you're a farmer and you're growing a massive crop you know you prepare the ground for that crop for which you're going to plant, but you still got to put the seed in the dirt or the plant in the dirt. You still, you still have to do it. And you put it in the dirt so you're sowing into, um, into the ground, and you're expecting with that seed or with that small plant as we do some of our modern uh, farming today. Uh, I think in watermelon, I think that's what they do. They put a, a literal plant in the ground. Uh, but it came from a seed. And so you put that in the ground, and you have an expectation of a return that's going to come. You're planting something, you're sowing, and then a a few months later, you reap something. That's the law of the harvest. What you put in the ground, the seed you put into the ground is going to come back up, and it's gonna it's gonna give you a harvest. And so and the, and the Bible says this man don't mock God. God is not mocked. Don't be deceived by the world. What you plant, what you put into your life, what you invest in life, is going to come up. And so if you spend the vast majority of your life investing in sinful living and bad decisions and harmful way of living, you put all kinds of junk into your body through drugs and. You know, and over time you don't take care of yourself and, and you spend a lifetime, you know, developing bad habits, poor relationships. You know, as life goes on, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get that. So that's the negative side we focus on quite a bit. But there's a positive side to this sowing, too. And the Bible says, whoever sows to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction. So that's the negative. But look at the positive whoever sows to please the Spirit. From the Spirit will reap eternal life. So, in looking at the point here, and I've taken a point right from the text, I'm unafraid to live, because when I'm living for God, what I invest my life in has eternal value. It will reap eternal life. And so I don't want you to be discouraged. As a parent, as you're pouring your life into your kids, and you're wondering of these knuckleheads that we love so much are going to ever get it Don't ever uh, forget that when you are sowing into them eternal things or you're sowing into them biblical truth, it will have an eternal impact and I'm a believer in that and even though some of our kids maybe aren't living for Christ, maybe some of your kids aren't living for Christ and you wonder. You know, are they going to ever get it? And, and I'm just a believer in the Word of God that if you sow the right things into them that at some point you're going to get an eternal harvest. In other words, your life matters and what you're doing, living for Christ in a positive way, sowing into, unto the Spirit, you're going you're gonna to get back an eternal reward for that. Okay? And you see this in this passage. So, I'm unafraid to live for Christ, because I know that my life is making a difference, even though I don't feel it, even though I don't sense it. I'll tell you, I woke up this morning, and I had to fight the negativity this morning. I had to really fight it off and fight it hard, because I woke up, and I normally wake up on Sunday morning so excited with anticipation. Uh, You know, from a, a simple mindset like... Who's coming to church today? And oh, it seems like almost every Sunday somebody that you didn't anticipate coming is here. And, you know, what is God going to do today? You know, I've used the term here recently, I'm pregnant with anticipation. I'm just excited about something new happening and the new birth and the new life or somebody growing or, or somebody getting it for the first time. And this morning I woke up thinking, well, I'm not going to see all those people. And, man, I had to battle that. But I realized that, you know, even today, we're going digital. We're not meeting in person. We're investing. We're investing in eternal things. And it's worth it, right? I I put something on Facebook last night that these next two Sundays, I'm not just going to phone it in. Uh, Our staff isn't phoning it in. They're trying their best and their hardest our volunteer people uh who are making it happen behind the scenes they're they're trying hard too and we're going to give our best and and going to going to try because we know that there is eternal value attached to what we do okay number two why i'm unafraid to live because there is value in not giving up there is value in not giving up. Now I call this a harvest, a personal harvest. Look at verse 9. It says, let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Now some versions say if we do not lose heart. That's what happens. We, we pour our heart into some things and then we don't see the results and we get weary and we want to give up. And so the Bible says here that if we will stay faithful to what God's called us to do, and notice the natural way of things is to grow weary. But I, I would I would advocate this. You and I will get tired and weary, and we can get tired and weary while doing weary while doing the right things. But I've noticed this over my life, over my lifespan that, that I don't have to get that way. And I get that way when I start operating out of the flesh. Uh, one pastor years ago I talked to, I said, man, I feel like I'm burning out. This was years ago. And he goes, you know what that smells like? And I'm like, I don't know what. And he said, flesh burning. You're, you're burning flesh right now. What you've got to f- find out, Corey, is how to be refreshed by God every week in some kind of way. And that's how you ensure that you're not going to grow weary. But it is a present looming danger out there, this idea of weariness. And so let us not become weary in doing good. So there is value in not giving up. So I'm unafraid to live. And I'm unafraid to pour myself into something and yes, we will get phys- physically tired. And yes, we will get mentally and emotionally and even spiritually drained. But if we don't give up and we stay with it, there's going to be a harvest. It's coming. It's coming, man. it's, it's hot when you're planting those seeds. <laughs> and it's difficult when you're tilling up that ground. And it's frustrating when you're not getting the rain that you want when you need it. And you're having to irrigate and you're having to, you know, you are just, man, it, it's, it's a struggle in the process. But you got to keep the big picture in mind that there's coming a day if you keep doing the right things that you're going to get to pick the fruit, the harvest that's going to be there of all that hard work and all that doing good that we should be doing. So there is value In not giving up, because there is a harvest to reap. Think about this. You can do all this good for years and years and years, and you can think, the devil will tell you and me that nobody cares, we're not making a difference in anybody's life, and life goes on. But you, all of a sudden, lose it or you decide that you're going to quit or you decide that everything you've been preaching or teaching or living for all these years was not worth it and and you abandon the faith let me tell you everybody will know about that and that you you'll know it and everybody will know it in other words they're watching you your life has an impact and there is value in not giving up. Number 1, it doesn't give the enemy a chance to point and say, "You see, I told you he was a fake. I told you he wasn't the real thing. I told you she was, you know, she wasn't really that godly." And that's what the enemy wants to do. And when you don't give up, the enemy doesn't have that that weapon to throw. at at you and to dishonor Christ in your life so I'm unafraid to live because there is value in not giving up and you know what not giving up is hard you know why because everything within you is wanting to throw in the towel I can honestly say though I'm sick to my stomach for us not meeting I'm frustrated but but think about this we're all frustrated we're all tired of this our frontline workers are tired you know and i would advocate like i've always said you know the people that are dealing with it you know on the medical side but then you know we you have to go to work you have to expose yourself on and on and on and on that whole situation then school and the kids and everything that's going on but we don't have a choice we as christians are here for a reason you know we're appointed by god for where we are what we're doing who God's put around us, and we cannot give up because there is a reward and there's value in not giving up. There's a reward coming and a harvest will be reaped. And then the last thing I want to leave you with today is this, in being unafraid to live. I'm unafraid to live because there is so much good to do. There is so much good to do, and I call this opportunity, opportunity. So look, look right here in verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Now, I want to make a point here. This wasn't even part of my, my notes or message, but... Think about it in family, in, a, in regular family life. Why is it that we mistreat the ones we love the most? I, I'll tell you why. I think we know we're safe in our relationship with them. We know they're going to continue to love us and care for us. But the Bible reminds us we're to do good to all people, lost people, unsaved people, people who uh, have a total uh, value system than we do, try to do good to all people. But the Bible says here, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. So let me remind you of this. You know why we should live and live life to the fullest? We should be growing in our relationship with our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ and treating them with even more kindness and to do good. See, we have opportunities to do good. I know there's a conversation to be had about, you know, well, you can do good, you can do best, or you can do great. That's not what I'm talking about here. The concept of doing good is doing, doing God's work. And what some people might look at and say, well, that's, that's not, you know, that doesn't have a whole lot of impact. It's doing good. You know, we're trying to, um, we offered our services as a men's uh, legacy group of men to Newberry High School, we noticed the stadium hadn't been pressure washed in a long time. The last time it was pressure washed, I believe, uh, one of our local churches did it, and so, you know, maybe it was our turn, maybe, to do it, and, uh, but I think that, um, I think, you know, Newberry uh, goes on a um, on a schedule, and they were up to, uh, I think, the school board, I could be wrong, but the school board may be paying for it, and what have you, and so, The main stadium is being done, but we were asked to do the visitor side. And so we're going to try to get that done between now and the first game in a couple of weeks. I say all that to say this. Is that the most spiritual thing that somebody can do? Maybe not. It's pressure washing. It's nasty. You'll get wet. It's, you know, but it's a good thing. It's an opportunity to do good, to serve our community. That's one of thousands upon thousands of things that we can do and so we need to be unafraid to live because we have so many opportunities to do good i know our youth just recently did um, did some backpacking uh, uh, we packed some backpacks right and and we did that and and gave them to some some of the kids you know right before school good good things um On and on and on. I, I can go on forever about all the good things that we can do. So we need to be unafraid to live because there is opportunity to do good to all people and especially to those who belong to the family of believers. Have you ever thought about this as a Christian? Maybe you're in the fast food line at a McDonald's or something and God speaks to your heart and says... Pay for those people behind you. You ever did that? If you haven't, do it one day. It, it'll, it, it's a blessing. It really is. And, um, and, and do good. Do good for somebody. Um, so, I wish I had more to say to you today. Some of you are like, no, 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 we're glad you don't have more to say. But that's my message. I'm not afraid to live, and I wanted to take a positive look at this passage, passage that sometimes we look at maybe from a negative standpoint. That God's not mocked, boy, or a man sows that he shall reap. But it goes on and it says, let us not become weary while doing good, doing the right thing. We're going to reap a harvest if we do not lose heart. There is good to do. We have opportunity to do good. No matter what is thrown at us. Let's do good, because it's the right thing to do. Right, church? It's the right thing to do. So, look, I want to pray with you, and then I want to close with a a few words. So let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this opportunity today. Thank you that we live in an age where we have the technology during this pandemic to be able to do live stream when we can't do in-person meetings. I pray that the spread of COVID would, would, would be stopped in its tracks within our community of believers here, and we pray for, for those record numbers of deaths being set each and every day um, at North Florida, at Shands, and other places. And we know, I know for a fact, that it's just overwhelming to our nurses and doctors and staff And their hearts are heavy for these families and what they have to see. So I pray for them. I pray for our school teachers. I pray for those who are out in the public in any way who are having to face all of this. I'm going to do something here, Lord. I pray for our our politicians. And, you know, even though I may disagree with so much of what they do, I pray that you would give them wisdom to be uniters and not dividers. I pray for our parents who are frustrated and want to pull their hair out right now with all that's going on. I pray for those within our congregation who are sick and that, Father, healing would come to them. I pray that not not that we would be vindicated because I, I don't want vindication. I want you to be honored and health to come to our church family. And if by shutting down for a couple of weeks, we'll ensure that, and so be it, Lord Jesus, and we're going to trust you. Thank you again for the dedicated commitment of so many people in this congregation. I pray for our churches in our area who are facing some of the same decisions we are. I pray for the church at Fellowship, Fellowship Church there in Archer, a small congregation whose pastor just passed away with, with and from COVID. We pray for those precious people where the vast majority of congregation, of the congregation have had it and had COVID. We know it's real. We're frustrated by it, and we pray for healing to come. Give us wisdom in making decisions, uh, decisions for our church and our people. Give us all personal wisdom for making our own choices for our own families as we move forward. We look forward to meeting in just a few short weeks once again. I pray that you would take this message, take our worship time, burn it into our hearts. Give us courage to meet the day and to meet the week that's coming before us. And I pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Church, never give up. Never lose faith. Let's stay, stay the course, stay the focus. We're going to end with a song here. Okay, Brother Eric is going to end us with a song. And uh, I love you, church. We're not meeting this Wednesday. We're not meeting next Sunday. And we'll give you instructions next Sunday on what we're going to do. Hopefully, we'll be able to meet the following Wednesday, so a week from this coming Wednesday, and get back on the regular schedule. Have a blessed day. Encourage your friends to watch the live stream uh, the good thing about it is, is, if you missed it today, you can, you know, it's it's archived, and you can go back and watch it. I love you, church, and um, and we'll get through this time here. Pray for those who are battling with COVID, and from COVID. May God bless you, Brother Eric. Come and lead us.